0: Welcome to EU Code Week podcasts, we bring coding, computational thinking, robotics and innovation closer to you, your community and your school. another episode of our Code week podcast where we take a deep dive into the exciting world of programming. In this episode, we're going to be talking about digital skills and coding. We are
1: uh, Arjana Blasik and Eugenia Casariego. And our guests in today's episode are Angela and Elgin Jafarov from Datorium, Latvia. What are digital skills? How do we teach them? How can you teach programming languages? How can we prepare our students for the future? What will be the most required digital skills in the future? Give it a try yourself. Go check codeweek.eu. There you can find great tutorials on how to get started with coding.
0: Today we're going to talk about two topics that are very important for coding and for our community, which is digital skills and coding as well. And both are not only very interesting, but as well, something that is becoming more and more relevant in our societies and that um, is becoming more and more important to teach to to our kids. So we are especially happy to be discussing these topics, but not just them in theory, but as well, we want to talk a little bit about how it's best to teach them and what are some of the innovative practices that we can um, actually take to our classrooms.
1: Exactly. And for this, we've invited two teachers. Welcome Angela and Elchin Jafarov. Angela and Elchin are both teachers at the Coding School dotorium in Latvia. Elchin teaches programming languages and Angela teaches digital skills. Welcome. Thank you. We are glad to be here today. I'm also very happy that you have found some time for
0: us today and to come with your expertise for this uh, podcast. The first question I want to ask is actually, what are the fields each of you specializes in?
2: Uh, Okay, I'll start. Um, As you said, my name is Angela and I am digital skill trainer. I teach digital skills to students, uh, different age, as well as to adults. And I believe that the digital skills are the must-have skills today, especially during the last year we've seen Growing need for being able for all age students, as well as for adults to work professionally, efficiently, you have to be comfortable with the use of many, many digital platforms. And that's what I'm doing on a daily basis. I'm helping people to get friendly with those platforms.
3: I actually have financial background, so I have worked in corporate environment a lot managing investments, money, and so on. But I've been always using coding and programming in my day-to-day activities, jobs. And parallelly, I have quite extensive experience in teaching in universities. So I have been teaching many universities for maybe 15, 20 years approximately. And right now I'm doing teaching, but in an interesting way because I'm teaching now more coding and programming languages. And... um, that was the idea we came up or I came up like some four, five, six years ago that how to uh, leverage all this experience to uh, youth. And that's very interesting for me. And I know that for Los Angeles to work with young people now, that's a very interesting challenge also.
0: Indeed. Thank you. And, and tell us a bit more then, why is it important to teach about digital skills and to teach about coding? Why? What motivates you?
3: Okay, that was the question we asked ourselves like some five, six years ago when we actually founded Tutorium and started these activities because what what we have been uh, like seeing what so in many industries we have seen uh, implementation of digital skills more and more because let's say if you look at e-commerce for example or if you look at and look at the banks or even if you look at taxi companies or how we order pizza in all these industries everywhere we see like digital uh, solutions that is why we think that this is important because this is kind of a new normal and this new digital economy is really developing quite fast and we are quite convinced that uh, we should give the skills to young people because those young people are those who will in just five, ten years will create or will be the active members of this new digital economy.
2: The digital skills are very important today as it gives a lot of flexibility especially if we look at the regions that some years ago in order to achieve something a young people would go to a capital cities or maybe move to countries with more potential employment possibilities but nowadays if you have a proper skills in coding if you have a proper skills in uh, remote working knowing how to use uh, collaboration tools remotely you can live in your own country, small village with good internet connection and work in an international company, make good money
1: and live happy. So I believe this is a very, very good necessary skill. Thanks for your excellent answers. I think you made really good points. Uh, students uh, can not only be consumers, but also creators. And uh, being able to create anywhere is something that really matters. we are diving now into practice and we will be talking about your teaching activities. Can you tell us a bit more about your methodology? Um, your, what
0: innovative approaches to teach coding have you found to work best with your students?
3: The main principle is that we, use, we are very practical. That means uh, we do applied things. So from the first day, they start by applications. That means we have mini projects. And they start with those mini projects. Now, for younger ages, we have some game programming. Why? Because this game world is more or less like the rules in that world are clear to them. And that's very important. We cannot like, solve financial or economic or banking applications with that ages because they just don't know what is that. And that is why we have some, as you mentioned, we have some game coding. But this is not the prim- primary focus for us. This is just a tool to engage them and um, to, to enable them to understand the principles of how coding works. For example, like object-oriented coding, what are object, what are methods, and so on. So this is the main principle, project-based and application-based coding. So the, about the methodology, uh, we are we think and we are quite convinced that, the most important is community. So if you form a community and if you can uh, engage community members, so they start actually learning from also each other. So this like peer-to-peer learning. And this is really very important. So we have been uh, building the community for the last years. And right now we have around uh, 1, 1. 1.5 thousand um, active members of the community. And our community is in Discord. So we have a dedicated Discord server for that. And what we are doing, we are trying to convince them and help them to make teams, to create real projects. So we just tell them, hey, look, as an example, what Uber did or what uh, Bolt did with taxi business, just look around and um, look into the real-life processes and try to make some apps or uh, some certain programs which help people let us say in, the, in those fields, like to call taxi, to order pizza or to make your financial deals or, or whatever, be creative. And that is the second approach. So we are feeding the community with, with ideas and of course with knowledge. And then we expect the community and that's actually what happens, the community to teach itself because they are asking questions from each other. Hey, how can I do this? How can I do that? And um, the community matters a lot. So this is the second like approach we are actively using and of course the the third one is the teachers themselves so we first of all we teach the teachers also and our teachers are, are are with a very very strong practical or applied background so they are those who before or after teaching they really write those codes the real codes so that makes sense because we have seen that there are let's say two kinds of teachers teachers who can teach the principles of coding and the teachers or tutors, as we call them, who can bring the practice into the classroom, okay? And that's important for us. So we, we go the second way. So we, we, we see that um, from the first side, students should love practical applications. And then they go deeper into theory and into this, you know, principles of coding. And that becomes interesting for them because they see now why we need to learn let's say what is memory management okay what are the bits and bytes and what is the integer what is the string what is the and so on right boolean and they start reading books that motivates them and they start searching internet and they start asking each other so we think that it works it actually works at this ages.
0: I'm sure it does because what you many things that you mentioned, it uh, sets the basis for learning that is meaningful and that actually has some implications for them and that they can understand what's the impact of that. So, so yeah, it sounds very interesting
1: to see you pinpoint each of these elements. I have another question for you, Elchin. Is there a fixed order uh, to learn? programming languages, for example, uh, do you need to start with a visual language and then continue with advanced programming languages or can you immediately uh, dive into advanced languages?
3: Overall, I think that uh, visual, let's call them programming languages or code building uh, languages, they help many to understand the principles faster, maybe better. But that actually depends a lot on the person, honestly, because there are people who who like abstract thinking and they are who want to see things on the screen to touch them, right? To move them around, to play with them. And then they understand, hey, these are coordinates. And so, yeah, these are the coordinates. And actually we need coordinates because we need to place a button on the screen and and we cannot like take it as a phone or smartphone on the table and move it. We have to give the coordinates. So seeing the coordinates in action helps many. But there are students who have quite strong abstract skills like thinking skills. So they actually not many times need that. Today we have the most popular direction is actually the web. And web is good because it has two sides. The front end development and the back end development. In the front end... We show them the front. That means they code the front. They code the the buttons, the interactions of humans with that websites or web applications, whatever. They understand what is responsive web application, that you have different devices and the sizes change and it should be good user experience. That means UX and user interface. So this is for those who really like that. And uh, there are a lot of people who like this part. They like human touch. Uh, They like to do things for humans. And the other side is like backend. This is more abstract. Something happens in the server and the user's data is being stored, for example, the databases, right? And some students like that, that things more.
0: And Angela, I have also, of course, a question for you. Say you teach data skills and you've mentioned, for example, Uh, cloud uh, platforms and e-learning and uh, collaboration as well. So how do you actually teach these? How do you, uh, what are some methodologies that you use and what do you focus in uh, specifically with your students?
2: Uh, I believe the only way to learn how to use these tools are actually using them. So what we are doing, we are, uh, I'm giving them exercises, I'm giving them practical projects and they must complete them using these tools and that applies both for younger age students for older students and also for adults the only way is just start doing it start using the platform Uh, for example uh, let's say that um, uh, students have to develop an application in the coding class and they have to develop a structure or define the structure, what will be the process, make the blocks and define uh, with arrows what, uh, how it happens. They can use different tools for that. They can use a paper, they can switch on the web camera and draw it on the paper and show it to their teammates in Zoom or so. Or they can log into some Miro or Mural tool and uh, do it online together as Also as a team, my task or my role is to show them the tools and let them try. And then they will definitely pick one that they like the most and start using it. And my experience shows uh, that the younger, that the students, the pupils, they are more flexible with it. They don't have the barrier. Oh, again, I have to log into the new platform. Again, new password to remember. And again, something difficult. Okay, I know this one. I'm using this one. Uh, adults have this barrier and if we for instance we have one day eight hours of uh, of, of training and we're going through several platforms at the end of the day they feel tired oh no no don't show us another one it's enough we have to try this once and then only <laughs> but students are so flexible they're so free oh okay let's try in this one oh this one I like better you see the buttons are more comfortable i i prefer this one uh that's that's what i like actually um, working with students that uh, we also don't get stuck with the, with these uh, stereotypes. We, we have to, we, we stay young and open-minded and we have to, in order to keep up with our students, we have to keep trying, keep learning, uh, looking for new possibilities, new tools. And very often happens to me that the student shows me a new tool. I'm showing them mine and he says, oh, do you know there is a new one? I'll show you. And that's what I like the most in the process.
1: And they feel really proud. They feel really proud when they can teach uh, us as teachers and also their parents. What other projects are you working on about coding and digital skills, Angela?
2: Uh, this year, uh, we have now we are now finishing a pilot project with five different schools in five different cities in Latvia. It started all last year when the new educational standard was introduced by the Ministry of Education and Science in Latvia, and that standard uh, defined new requirements for teaching coding. And especially in high schools, requirements are quite ambitious. The currently existing teachers in schools have quite limited uh, knowledge and skills, and we start, as a coding school, we start receiving many phone calls asking whether we have some of our teachers who would be willing to help and teach coding in some particular school. And then uh, I realized that those phone calls were continuing for a while. And we said, OK, let's try to make a group, let's hub these schools. And uh, as we were online anyway, we the ed- education uh, process Yeah, last year switched uh, remotely for the whole, almost the whole academic year, students stayed at home. And uh, we launched this project, which resulted into uh, a very interesting project with uh, very inspiring results for us. And we got also very positive feedback from schools. And the most important, we got very positive feedback from students. What they liked is that they actually had a chance to work with professional uh, programmer like someone who is actually doing the coding on a daily basis and when they're working with them uh, that uh, they can ask questions and they can help it's not only theoretically so they are sharing their experience in the way it happens uh, in a real life And students really enjoyed this. So we basically came with this new idea how to bring uh, professional coders into the schools, which normally schools would not be able to do that because of the age, uh, not the age, but the wage difference in the industries, educational industries and IT industries. But uh, we find a way. Uh, to do this and um, we really enjoyed uh, the result and this year we also had um, a webinar which we uh, where we invited many other schools to like uh, made an open call for other schools to join the project next year to extend it and the minister of education and science joined us Ilga Šplinska, and said that this is a great idea and we are very glad to see for such a project, project to be launched and to be successful, uh, she praised the Torium for that. We had 115 schools joining the webinar after that, and, and we had a discussion, very fruitful discussion. Mm, and we're really looking forward this year to for more schools to join, mm, despite the many administrative barriers that we have. We are still
1: looking forward this project to continue. That's amazing, Angela. Uh, I think it really shows that uh, something that started as just a project at your uh, school is now scaled up to the whole country. So it really is amazing to see how good you are at scaling up innovation and also sustaining uh, your project. So good luck in the future with this project. Uh, I think it would be a great idea to see it uh, not only in Latvia, but also all over Europe. Uh, because uh, bringing authentic experience to your students is something that is needed in other schools in other countries. We will stay a bit longer on the practical side. Let us now have a look at some teaching tips and recommendations. Angela, do you have any recommendations for teachers in order to teach coding and digital skills in their schools?
2: The first, uh, I think, that comes to my mind for teachers is not to be afraid to try. It's normal if you start using something teaching something, some language or some platform or uh, some application that you're using for the first time and something is not working well. That's normal and that's what the coders actually uh, see in the daily, in their daily life very often that they write the code and it's not working. So coders actually only one third of the time they are writing the code. The two thirds they are debugging the code and looking for the help uh, on different uh, on internet resources. So um, Trying is the best way, I believe. And that also gives the result. So just keep doing. That's my advice.
3: Yeah, I absolutely joined the thoughts from Angela. And I can tell that also not to be afraid to empower the group you teach uh, to teach you. And that's a very interesting approach because then they are motivated not to just listen to you, but they can teach you a lot of new things. And this is like learning with a moderator. So the group learns together with the moderator, who is the teacher actually, and they're very motivated because they, they, I mean, the students, they will feel that they are very important right now because they can like <laughs> teach others, teach themselves and even teach and do not to be afraid to learn to something new together with the group it's normal as Angela told if you don't know something that's absolutely normal and you can learn that together with the group and that will be like the explorative maybe officially it's called the approach and that, that's also interesting because I have talked to teachers who applied these methods and I have applied this kind of methods also. It works. It really works.
2: Nowadays, it's a very challenging for the teachers. Um, and uh, one of the challenges we get now is engagement, especially on the remotely basis, on the remotely processes. Uh, I got very nice experience in the Code activities for using different tools and sharing you know, with us, with teachers, different tools which was very inspirational thank you Code Big team for that and I'm continuing sharing uh, the tools I found out to further to my classes I implement them as well and um, this engagement is that something that actually gives us um, a chance to get the feedback and to see how they're doing because in a class we see it from their eyes from the reactions, from how they behave but remotely it's much more complicated so we have to know and have to use special different tools and uh, nowadays the teacher actually is competing on the screen with the most beloved applications of our students so we, we, our face on the screen is one swipe away from their favorite games from the favorite influencers, YouTube channels and uh, any other applications so we have to be creative we have to be interesting we have to be captive we have to capture that attention so they don't want to swipe us away
3: that's actually how it is and that's what we tell in our own trainings for teachers for our teachers tutors that we are not teachers forget it we are streamers we are streaming, and we are competing with the streamers who stream in YouTube and Twitch and so on. So make nice uh, microphone, right? So get nice some background because that's important. That that captures the attention, and when uh, students see, they have respect because this is the, this is the, the reality they are in.
0: Indeed, and I think also these all what you've mentioned about trying new things and not being afraid and just going out and learning new things. I think it also answers our next question, actually, which uh, was uh, as well, how do we prepare students for the future? But I think this is something. Very relevant as well for this question, meaning that I think that this is how we actually prepare students by encouraging them to go out and try. But I don't know if you would like to add anything else to this question. So how do we prepare our students?
2: Yes, what we have uh, in our school in the Torium, uh, we, uh, during our classes, our students create their projects. And what we do, actually, they create their own portfolios. And it's especially in IT world, it's when you go for a job interview, it's not that you say what you can do, but you actually demonstrate. And if you can send a link with your projects to your potential employee, then it's much more uh, relevant for him, for her uh, to see your projects and actually evaluate the skills you have. And um, nowadays, it's not anymore the age that defines your skill level. We see that very often uh, still being a student in school, uh, students, girls and guys that they can um, start getting interested into the coding, into the certain areas. And they actually are quite advanced already at the age of uh, 17, 18, 19 years old. And if we are used to, in our generation, we used to the standard model, you finish the school, you graduate the university, and then you start working. Nowadays, this model is shifting away. Now you can already start practicing your professional career at the school, still being a student. You you can already freelance, you can already take some projects and actually solve some real problems for the companies already at this age. And, and that's what maybe seems... Uh, different or weird uh, to some older generations but that's the reality that's what we see and we are very happy uh, that our students uh, pick it up all so comfortable and so early and um, we see them working in the, in the good project and the good companies that's the result we're aiming for that is one of the that is one of the maybe difficulties and the problems this gap between universities and the real world in IT as 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 you, as we mentioned already before that IT industry is so dynamic and developing so fast that very often universities cannot catch up because they have the standard administrative procedure to, for the accreditations, establishing the courses, defining the programs. And actually, these programs are often defined for four years or for six years. And actually, within these four years, the program
1: is already outdated. And The answer is uh, be more flexible. Uh, uh, I, uh, I think, uh, Angela, what you mentioned about the future is uh, something that really resonated with me. Uh, we always tell our students, in the future you will do that, but I think it should be the other way around. So don't tell them that the future starts when they graduate from high school or university. Tell them that the future is now. And I think as well, that's
0: also a very good closing statement and very inspiring to our uh, audience and our listeners. And I hope that this message gets across uh, to many teachers in Europe and and beyond.
2: Yes, thank you. So uh, we finish up with the future, which is now. We all are part of it. And uh, we, together with our students, are shaping the future.
3: Thanks also from my side. Really glad to be with Mm -hmm. you here and um, hope to see you someday in the future.
0: Around Code Week, I'm sure we'll pick up uh, the face-to-face events. But for now, thanks a lot for joining us this morning. It's been truly a pleasure to discuss this with you, to get some inspiration from your side and to see uh, what's happening at the Torium. I think it's also very inspiring for us as Code Week that we have much to learn as well from you, of course.
1: We have already reached the end for today. I guess that was a lot of information for you, but we hope that you had some fun and also learned a lot of new things. In case you now want to get started with coding, go check codeweek.eu. There you can find some great tutorials on how to get started. That's it from our side. See you next time for a new episode of our CodeWeek Podcast when we
0: take a deep dive into the exciting world of programming. Goodbye.